Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode six of Run This World. Today's episode features Erin Carson, fitness trainer to the Tri-Stars. That's what I'm calling her. She's an amazing, amazing woman, one of the most positive people you will ever know. I personally could use a little boost of positivity today. My husband, Tim, and I experienced a random flood in our basement last Friday, and it's been quite a uh, debacle, let's just say. So keeping your chin up during times when you don't have a lot of control is very important. So I think it's really cool that I got a chance to meet with Erin face-to-face and really dig into what makes her tick. Um... Erin is by nature uh, a trainer. That's what she is, what she does. She's got a passion for the body and she has a passion for helping people find their own passion with their bodies. She truly just wants people to live long, happy, healthy lives. I think you're going to love to hear her perspective on so much today. So we actually sat down, like I said, face-to-face in her office in Rally Sport, which is a club, a local fitness center that Erin owns, which is a whole other amazing story. She is uh, an entrepreneur through and through. Um, And we talk about a whole bunch of cool stuff, including her philosophy on being a great boss and a great leader, relationships, which is a, a pretty cool section. Uh, vis- visualization. Then she goes through the EC Fit Five Step Program, which is her uh, program for helping people get in tune with their bodies. Uh, she talks about why getting loaded is not the way to go. I thought that was funny. Um, and she's a big goal setter. So we talk about flexible goals, why doing the best you can is truly the most important goal. And in the end, we talk about who should be in your provider network, which is always a big question for people. So I hope you enjoy the show today. Let's bring her in. All right. I'm so excited to have Erin Carson on the show today. Erin, you're one of my favorite people of all time. I can't tell you that uh, I don't feel the same way. We're from the Mutual Admiration Society, Nicole DeBoom. I love Rock star. Um, It has been so... Okay. I have to lay a little framework here before we get started. So I've known you forever as like a fitness figure in Boulder, right? Through Rally Sport for the, for the most part. Um, and a full disclosure, I am a member of Rally Sport and Aaron is the owner. And we're not here to like, you know, get a million new memberships, although that would be a nice side effect, right? I always love that. <laughs> if you do come to Boulder, you have to come here. You can be my guest. I Absolutely. Get, do I get one free monthly, one guest a month? Nicole DeBoom, you get as many guests oh, as you want. That is official. It is I, official. Oh, on the record. Awesome. Okay, done. So if you come to town, just go to Rally Sport and say Name drop. <laughs> it works. <laughs> so, okay, I didn't really work with you um, too much until I got pregnant. And once I got pregnant, I said, all right, I need to go find the best person out there who can help me through my changing body. And I had heard you speak at like, 
I think it was a bike shop for some women's cycling event and you were fantastic and I knew that you just had a passion for the body you know and I and I knew you'd be able to help me so I looked you up and I was like hey can you take me through like a pregnancy training thing I I obviously just want to learn how to open up my body or maybe I didn't say that I think you told me that so um, do you remember our pregnancy training oh, sessions? It was, it was such a pleasure and such an honor, too, because I've been a, a Nicole fan for a long time. I've chased you in many races. You didn't know I was behind you, and you were slowly dropping me. But uh, no, it was, it's such an honor. And, and working with somebody who's going through such intense, wonderful physical change as carrying a child, that, that was probably more fun for me than training you for an Ironman, and, and especially now knowing Wilder, so... Thank oh my you. gosh. Well, we're huge fans of Rally Sport, mainly because um, the daycare is incredible. Let me just say, that's not the only thing, but being able to bring your kid to an environment where they're loved and they really enjoy coming here. So Wilder did your preschool as well. I mean, an active preschool at a gym. How cool is that? But really, because you have the very best trainers in Boulder. And Boulder is known as the fitness hotbed of the world, I'm going to say. I'm just going to put it out there. Do you agree? Yeah, and you know, thank you for saying that because when we, and as we were putting the club together, we knew that some of the most important things that we could do was take really, really good care of our, our fitness professionals and and all of our employees. So you mentioned the nursery, so I'll go back there really quick because... Those are probably the most precious employees we have because they have the tolerance and the excitement and, and just the huge motivation to make kids feel really included. They're not an accessory for us. They're, they're an included, um, valued member of the club. And we love it when our kids walk in and they're like rock stars and that our front desk knows their names. That's really important to us. And then it kind of trickles on up to the to the more of an executive level with our fitness professionals who traditionally in the industry, the traditional... Uh, view of a of a strength coach or a personal trainer slash same kind of view is that they're a profit center for the club and where we see them is is they make us great and so I have the most pride in the fact that our trainers came here as young men or young women with a, a great education and a great motivation towards helping people but they also had a vision for their life that they wanted to get married and they wanted to have kids. And on a typical fitness professional's salary, they're not going to make the kind of money that's going to let them dream those kind of dreams, let alone live those kind of lives. And uh, many of my trainers have two and some of them even have three children now and they're confident and they've learned how to control their spending enough, but they also make enough money that those kids will go to college and, and they still can have a good time. And, and that's why, we have really special trainers. They continue to be passionate about learning. Um, they love working with people, but they're also now mature. And so they're 37, they're 42. I've got three or four of us that are um, in our late 40s and even approaching 50. So our ability to empathize with our audience is 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 second to none in my opinion. And, and thank you for saying that. It's a ton ton of pride in those guys. I mean, seriously, you nailed it. It's people. It's all about people. And, uh, okay, so I I'm dying to dig into your background. Yeah. So you nailed it, though. You really did. I mean, it's this world is about relationships. So who taught you how important relationships are? Sometimes we can learn the most important lessons from, from not having great relationships. Oh, I love that. Or, or great, <laughs> great leadership. I think I'm a, pretty, I'm a pretty tough person. I was a very tough athlete. I was a, traditionally a basketball I was a basketball player. 
Um, it played international basketball for the national team in Canada. I was fortunate enough to have a full ride scholarship to the University of Colorado. Um, I played professional basketball in Europe and, and I think I'm a very tough athlete, but I'm also a very sensitive person. And I think most of the coaches that I had were able to get a lot out of me and made me really great by being somewhat hard on me. And that helped me to become a better athlete, but it also, it hurt me a lot. It hurt me a lot uh, psychologically. It hurt me a lot emotionally. And I think my biggest lesson was that you can have both. You can be a really tough leader, um, but you also have to recognize that there's sometimes, even though that, that man in front of you is 35 years old and he's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders or he's 45, um, but there's still a little boy in there. There's somebody who's sensitive. And, and so I think my style of coaching has really evolved from some of the more challenging uh, emotional battles that I had to fight to, to not cry when somebody looked at me and yelled at me or that they were yelling at me because they loved me and they cared about my performance. But um, it would have been nice when I was younger if somebody had really maybe recognized that. And so I think that from a leadership standpoint, whether I'm a boss to somebody here at the club or, or whether they're my athlete and I'm coaching them. I'm go always going to know that there's a human being in there um, probably before there's an athlete. I, you know, I love this idea that some of your best relationships come out of unsuccessful relationships. You're right. You do learn that way. But what's also cool about you is that you're on both sides of the athlete table. So you're not a coach who never did the sport or right. any sport for that matter. So I know a little bit about your athletic background, but I want you to share it. Uh, basketball or yeah, triathlon? Yeah, through the, like, through the dirt. Uh, I was just, I was identified really young in Canada. I think that's cool about being from Canada is that a, a skinny white girl can actually achieve <laughs> some that. success in basketball. I, I don't know that I, I think I might've still had the same success in the U S but, um, being in Canada, the, the, you, there's just less of us. And, and so I was identified very young. I was part of the national program at, at 13, 14 years old, being able to come to the United States to make myself better, uh, to, to become part of the Olympic program up in Canada was very much an honor. Um, I got the crap beat out of me a lot by bigger, stronger athletes who were just physically more mature than I was, which really led me to be passionate about the strength and conditioning part of sport. Um, so athletically, I had great success um, as a basketball player. Uh, I, I traveled the world. Uh, I was able to pay for all my college uh, that way. I, I think that's an incredible gift. And and then went through a little bit of a transition coming out of college basketball because everything skills and drills and show up for practice and had to become really internally motivated and became a runner. Um, I always loved triathlon, but I couldn't afford a bike for a lot of years and I never wanted to make an excuse for that. So I started running and I'm a mediocre runner. And people ask me now that I'm a triathlete, um, what is your best sport in triathlon? And what's good about me is I'm really not that good at anything, which I think makes a really good triathlete. <laughs> and uh, so I'm a, I'm a solid swimmer, thanks to my grandmother. Uh, I love cycling, and I think that's my best chance to, to become better. And I just continually keep getting better as a runner. And uh, so I've qualified for the World Championships in Mooloolab, Australia this year. Um, this, this could be some of the coolest things I've ever done in my life because of the challenges of just getting older and time and having a good relationship and a great work life and, and, uh, and now continue to be, become better. Um, so I'm, that, that's me in a nutshell. Okay, so you did like traditional team sports. Yes. Right? And 
very different than what a lot of the people listening are runners and a lot of them are uh, run at the average 5k pace in america which is 11 over 11 minute miles right and so um they're looking at you going oh my gosh you were like olympic level basketball player of course you're going to be supernaturally talented you know what do you have to say about that how what makes you real well i think it's really it it makes it it makes me credible you know i i've had some challenges there's no doubt i've been very gifted with some great genetics and some some great lineage of of being able to to pick up a tennis racket and play some tennis and stuff like that but i also as a as a fitness professional we can trace we can bring people back we we have to teach people to play and a lot of times when you just want to go run a 5k you still need to be able to side shuffle side to side and and i just you know, I just think that there's so much joy in movement. And, and you know, we talk about emotion and motion. That, that's a very similar word. And so I'm a pretty happy person. I'm a pretty joyful person. And, and movement makes me happy. And I never want to lose that. So, Well, I love it. One of your big banners in the gym is movement is medicine. Absolutely. And I've, I've done some fitness videos there strategically placed under yeah. it because I totally agree. Yeah. Um, how important do you think genetics is? Like if somebody says I want to become a runner, but there's no way I look like that person and my whole family doesn't do this, should they just give up? No, I think that, you know, sometimes there's a... Uh, there's a movement in the fitness business to get rid of the mirror. You know, we all, uh, sometimes when I'm running and, and I can just envision that I'm Miranda Carfrey because I think she's the most beautiful runner I've ever seen. Maybe expand on, everyone should know who she is, but maybe tell everybody a little bit about, well, about Mar- Rinny. Rinny, Miranda Carfrey, or, or we, we call her Rinny, is um, a three-time Ironman champion. And, and she typically comes off the bicycle just a little bit later, but it, it, it's like the end of a movie. You're just waiting for the, the big the big crash or the big boom or the love story to end. And they, they end up happily together. And Rinny gets off the bike and... And she just runs so beautifully. And uh, so I, I sometimes when I'm running, I just am like, I'm running like Rinny. And I know I don't look like her, but you're about but two I feet taller. Feel, right? <laughs> I feel like I look like her. And I think that for any of us, you know, whether you're genetically gifted or you've never been an athlete, the most exciting thing is watch some people run and try and run like them. Yeah, Rinny's 5'3", I'm six feet tall, and we're never going to look the same, but I want to run tall with my chest out and be proud. And And so my recommendation to anybody that's just starting to run or anything is watch some, watch Pre. That's a great movie, um, the Steve Prefontaine uh, show. So that that's a great movie. I keep that live on my iPad at all times. The movie about Pre is just the joy of running, and, and I, I wish that for everyone. I think even if if people have pain, everyone outside of like really broken people should be able to comfortably, happily run a mile. And and doesn't matter how fast that mile is. It doesn't matter anything about how that mile looks. And even if you're kind of walking, but swinging your arms and you feel like you're running, I, I would wish that for everyone because it, it's just a real joyful thing. And I, I've taken people who doctors have told them I'm bone on bone but God, I want to run. And I'm like, well, maybe you won't run a half marathon. Maybe you won't run a 5K, but we can get you running just a little bit because you never know when something's going to chase you. You know, you need to run. That's <laughs> so, a really good point. <laughs> so um. I, I hope that, I wish that for every everybody, but you know, we, we can, hiking is pretty spectacular too. You and I both hike a lot 
Um, love, love, and love. your husband Tim DeBoom, rock star in my mm-hmm. eyes. He hikes a lot, and and that makes makes him better. So if if it's a hike, then that's a hike. Okay, I have so many things from that uh, little little section here. First of all, uh, good movies, inspiration movies. So yeah, you talk about visualizing. Yes. Well, maybe first thing is really visualizing. Absolutely. I remember when I was racing, I had a Heather Fear's husband, Rock, was Rock Fry was my coach for a little while because I could never be coached by my husband because that just didn't work at that time in our lives. And perhaps sure, a good decision. Perhaps, although <laughs> your partner in business and life, same yep. person, right? Yeah. And how's that going? Great. Better than ever. <laughs> you know, I think there's just incredible balance in our relationship and and. Yeah, it's just, it's it's great. I'm pretty blessed. Yeah. yeah. No, I know you are. It's it's amazing. But, okay, movies. Yeah. So, pre, there's two pre-movies. Yeah. Which one did you like better, Billy Crudup or Jared Leto? Is Billy Crudup pre? They both were pre. Yeah, but. In the different movies. Yeah, oh, but wait. one, there's a name pre, so. Oh, I don't it's, remember. I think it's the first, it's, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I like both look of at those guys. They were awesome. I, I don't think you can go wrong with a movie about pre. <laughs> I really don't. There's um, such beauty in that. So much joy. That guy was over the top joyful. It, it kind of was his demise. It right? was. Yeah. I mean, he took joy to a darker level. Yeah, word. Times. But um, do you remember the movie The Legend of Billy Mills? Love that guy. Oh, my Another gosh. spectacular movie. Whew, I think I was in sixth grade when I discovered that movie. And his coach reminded me to a T of my college swimming coach. Gonna fly. Go fly, boy. <laughs> do you yep. remember that part? Yeah. <laughs> It just those those kind of things and people just just seeking out movies and Netflix is so great right now or iTunes because you can just put in their sports movie and you can really start finding those running movies. Oh, I know, I love it, I love it. But um, I I I'm with you for sure <laughs> about visualizing and yep. the other thing that really hit me about what you just said that a lot of people kind of shake their heads at is you said I think everybody should be able to comfortably happily yeah. run a mile and I think a lot of people. They're either, it's hard when they get started, they don't love it at first, or they just don't have the right guidance or the right mindset, but they don't ever imagine that they'll be happy running. How do you shift that? I think that sometimes either a friend or a, or a coach or, or somebody, I think finding some camaraderie, I think human beings were kind of meant to be together. Um, I think knowing mm-hmm. yourself is really important too. So if you look at that introvert versus extrovert, if you're introverted, I'm I, I, as I'm very good at playing extrovert. Oh, I can see this in you um, totally. <laughs> but I'm a little bit more skewed towards the scale uh, towards introvert, and so I really take a lot of joy in running alone. So I, and I actually try and shy away from people who are going to talk to me the whole time while I'm running. And um, so I think knowing yourself, it starts with knowing yourself, and sometimes just music. You know, a lot of times people will skew towards very hard beats into the music, like 135 to 155 beats per minute. It's just like, and I, I (laughs) tend to really enjoy running with John Denver. There is nothing better than Enya, Bonnie Raitt. uh, Oh my God, Adele. I, I like running. I can run very fast for me, which is about a seven and a half to eight minute mile. I'm not extraordinarily fast, but I can run very hard to very gentle music. So I think that sometimes one calms me a little bit and then it lets my body open up and go. And I think you got to know yourself. And, and so don't just put on the hardest, fastest rock music you can. It might actually increase your stress and not allow you to experience that happiness. So I would suggest 
I pick my favorite music, which I like listening to. And even in my spin class, some people are like, she's listening to country in there? And I'm like, I'm happily teaching a hard interval to uh, some some country song that, that makes me happy because I love the words. You know, I love inspiration and I love good words. Hey, I grew up listening to Crystal Gale. Oh, yeah, word. <laughs> I, I get that. So so not everybody's like that. But I think knowing what makes you feel relaxed so that you can go is probably a pretty good idea. So we've talked a few times today about opening up, right? Yeah. And maybe maybe this is a good way to segue a little bit into EC Fit. Right. Which is super your excited business. about that. Yeah. yeah. And and I, what I really want to do is encourage people after they listen to this podcast to get on your website, check out what you have, you know, consider buying the video programs and the other things you're doing because you're really changing lives. And one of the big things that I I remember from the many times that we've connected on this is it is about opening up parts of your body that for many people have never been opened. So I don't know, maybe give us a little background on EC Fit. You know, what I'm so excited about EC Fit is I've lived my whole professional life, uh, 26 years I've been here at Rally Sport, um, working on a three to five mile radius um, that the people that live close to the club or in Boulder should come and we have that chance to help them and we have that chance to influence them and, and create a cool place for them to come and, and be physical and, and maintain movement and strength and, and even in some cases get stronger and become a better mover. What I'm excited about EC Fit Boulder, and I, I thought Boulder was important because I think if we're the fittest town in America, then, then we're, we're vying for the fittest town in the world. And that means the planet. And the opportunity that the internet has given us and, and my online programs is to affect people um, in South America, in Sweden, in, in uh, Italy, and everywhere. And, and the, the people that have purchased the program so far, and I tried to keep it really affordable. I've got a few business partners. I'm trying to create some good opportunities for some young people as, as business partners, and they're much smarter than me with technology, so that's cool. But is that we can help people way outside of, of the groundwork of Boulder. And we've, we've kind of geared it towards triathletes because that's where our voice is right now because we work with some of the top triathletes in the world. And, uh, and they like it. They like the movements. And they like lifting the weights the way that we progress them into that. It's very not intimidating. It's, uh, it's really reflective of, of good human movement. The, every single exercise listed has a video associated with it and that's where we set ourselves apart is that we're going to take the time to make sure that people can see the name of the exercise and it can be not so simple it's not like you can get out of men's health here's a bench press but bench press is a great exercise but there's so many different ways to do a bench press so we're going to show videos that people can just click on and they can see the link and they can see the movement they don't just read the movement because they can get in order to get a full spectrum of good movement, um, it can be a mouthful to say, and it can be a mouthful to read. And some people just want to see it and then imitate it. So all of the programs with EC Fit Boulder are associated with videos. So, okay, I love that because I, I cannot follow a thing on paper. I've got to see it all. It's like we were talking about there's there's internal visualization. You're taking that to the next level for your athletes because this is the other thing. You said this is worldwide. Yeah. Not everybody is here and can come in and have the pleasure of working with you or Tim DeBoom or anybody right. else for that matter. Um, so what's the foundation? So it, I, I know something about the whole – yeah, take us it's, through a little It's program. a five-phase program. Mm -hmm. 
And we believe, number one, people need to take really good care of the tissue. And so if all you do is phase one, which is tissue care, we know that you'll be better, you'll move better. Because in response to training, or in, even in response to life. So if we get a lot of moms or dads that sit in front of the computers or drive cars, all of those facilitate tightness on the front side of the body. And so the number one thing that we start with is tissue care. And we might use a foam roller, we might use um, some of those modalities, the stick and different ways of working with your tissue. But it, it comes back to that thing that we talked about, know yourself. And everybody has little places that are, are tight. And I think that uh, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact the first time that I met with, with your husband, Tim, um, I take shoes and socks off and I want to look at people's feet and I want to see how their feet move. And, and if their feet don't move well, it's going to be very challenging for them to move really well. And so we can, we can do some tissue care on the feet and help the feet interact better with the planet. And if the feet are happy, a lot more of you are happy. So the second thing, after we look at the tissue... Wait one sec. Yeah. So feet... So when I grew up, you had to wear shoes in the weight room. I know. I mean, seriously, it's like your toe would fall off or you'd, you'd get sliced off if someone threw a dumbbell at you. Right. right? Could happen, right? Wow. So anything goes at rally sport. <laughs> I got to say that we started becoming a little bit more relaxed on the shoe thing when Tiva sandals were invented because our members would come in with the Tevas and they're like, these are shoes. And we're like, okay, you're kind of right. And <laughs> and then we started, and then the Vibram five finger shoes came in. And, and then I think in the fitness business, we started to really realize in performance, toes have a job. And we're taking those jobs and we're saying there you're not important by when we stick a foot in a shoe. And so more often than not, I'm going to train my athletes in bare feet. And I can say that I've been in many a gym traveling around the world with my athletes and we're training barefoot and they make us put our shoes on. And usually I'll move to another area of the gym, uh, the group exercise for some reason seems like they're okay with you not wearing shoes in there or whatever, but <laughs> we'll Sneaky. find, but, but training, training your feet um, and, and letting your toes do their jobs is really important. We've also really made our toes change. I think Ian Adamson, I just did a, a really great um, education piece, the, healthy running clinic. It was me as a fitness professional and, and a bunch of physical th therapists and doctors. And I felt really honored to be part of that group. And, and Ian Adamson, who is one of the eco challenge, uh, just, just rock stars. Um, if you look at his feet, he's like, he sizes his shoes up, um, a size to a size and a half, just so that his feet have room to spread out. And I started doing that myself. So I used to wear a size eight and a half. Then I sized up to a nine. Then I started walking around in bare feet a lot more, and now I'm in a nine and a half, and in the same uh, Saucony Convara, exactly the same shoe. It's not like I went from shoe to shoe to shoe. So my foot has actually expanded, and that just makes my interaction with the ground a much healthier, makes my foot a better shock absorber, and, and all of that. So that kind of leads us into that second phase of the EC Fit Boulder phase, which is mobility, and how well do you move? So I'm a strength coach. I love loading people with external load. That's what my passion is. But I am a patient person when it comes to when is the appropriate time to load that person. It's my ultimate goal to load them as heavy as I can possibly safely load them. But if they don't move well and they cannot stabilize themselves, I won't load them until they can. So there's a journey 
to loading. And it, it scares me to death, Nicole, when I, I see people, especially triathletes or endurance athletes, advocating this really complicated move called the deadlift. And they're doing it with a straight bar deadlift. And I'm like, uh, I get scared to death because the risk and reward is is wholeheartedly something that needs to be considered. So when we take a straight bar deadlift, I think I've been training Tim DeBoom for over a year, just slightly over a year. We have deadlifted twice and it's always been um, and a hex bar deadlift. And we can, we can kind of show that maybe on your, your site or something, mm-hmm. the difference yeah, between a straight an bar mm-hmm. and, a, and a hex bar. And I will never straight bar deadlift a, a anybody, <laughs> almost anybody, because there's so much risk associated. There's a big reward, but nobody's worth that much risk for me. Because um, if I ever hurt one of my athletes or put them at a disadvantage because they're having to heal and they're not able to train, I would say that I have not done my job. So there are really safe journeys uh, to, to heavy, heavy loading and lifting weights, which has huge upside in life, not just performance, but um, there's a journey. So tissue care, number one, mobility, number two, stability, number three, strength. And, and within that comes hypertrophy, which is, can, do you want to build some muscle? I'm good with that too. I think uh, everyone should look good naked. So I think if you want to build some muscle, we can, we shouldn't be, we should be able to do that. And that's going to be the quote. <laughs> everyone, the everyone should love the way they look in the mirror when they're standing there naked. And then the, the fifth component really is power and that's speed and strength together. And, and of course, when you get into power and plyometrics, you do assume some level of risk, but the reward is, is really great. And, and it might take, up to a year to get somebody into a really safe, happy plyometric. It might take some people two years. It might take some people two months. So it really depends what their background is athletically, what they've done. And, and I'm excited to get them there as quickly as I, uh, as I ethically can. Well, and I, so it's like a very customized approach, but it's a lifelong approach. Yes. Like, yeah, you want to get them there quickly because people have goals that are tomorrow but you want to do it safely and you want to do it so that they're not uh, in a wheelchair because they just injured themselves doing deadlifts with a straight bar, right? Right. Exactly. It's so amazing. So I, I have the opportunity, of course, to see Aaron train people all the time. And there's so many cool tools and toys and moves. Like I've lived in a world of go straight forward my entire life, even in the pool. You know, you're using all parts of your body, but, you know, going straight forward is kind of what triathletes do. And when I, what I watch, and it's, it's really interesting because it's kind of seems counterproductive. Like really you spend that much time, like working the side movements of your body. What does that really do for us as runners and triathletes? I love that, Nicole, because the biggest thing that I think strength coaches or people in my, my profession tend to do, oh, you want to run? Then we should absolutely do walking lunges. Now, to me, if no, if tissue, <laughs> I do a lot of walking lunges. If, yeah, but that's you know you're also in a different. You're you're training for different things now. You know, running is is something you enjoy. It's part of you, but it's not the only thing you you do. And the biggest thing about um, duplicating the same movement. So let's look at. We tried to do the math the other day on how many steps you take in a marathon. Well, let alone how many steps going forward did you take training for that marathon? That tissue overload of the, that plane moving forward, we call that the sagittal plane, is incredibly overloaded. That tissue gets to see that 
sometimes 20 hours a week with the pros, even 25 or 27 hours a week with the pros. With me as a competitive age grouper, I'm going to see that, that sagittal plane 10 to 14 hours a week. Anybody that's training for a half marathon is going to see that sagittal plane over and over and over again. So to me in the gym, we don't do much of that sagittal plane. We're going to do a lot of lateral motion. They're, the biggest thing we learn in, in health and performance, uh, strength and performance, is uh, the effect of gravity and ground on the body. The effect of gravity is number one. We have to worry about that more than anything. When you take a hard step down, the gravity is giving it to you back up, and it doesn't give it to you in a straight line. So there's all these different ways that we can accept that uh, impact, and the better we can accept that impact and understand that that is a rotational impact that comes at you. And in some ways with your knee, it's a frontal plane. This is coming at you from the side. And I know that I've run many a race on a canted road where my feet had to go a little bit to the eversion, a little bit inverted. Oh, we I mean, all relate to that. There's so many forces. So we have to train the tissue to be able to accept rotational load when you, when you land. And I don't want to get too technical, but um, tissue, if tissue is number one, we want to look at not overloading the tissue. That's where we get into big, big trouble of injury. Well, and think about a lot of people listening are moms or new moms who went through the process of being pregnant and then come out the other side. And then you don't realize that for like four years, you're going to be holding a kid on a hip, always the same side of your body. All of a sudden, when your knees hurts, all of a sudden, when you, you don't know, am I getting old? Am I overusing it? Well, I can't be because I don't work out as much anymore because I'm carrying a kid around all the time. So, you know, these are all really good Or a backpack things. or a purse. True. I did, yep. you know, kids, backpacks and purses because I was training a professor the other day who's a, a really great, um, she's a beautiful athlete. She played competitive volleyball in, in high school. And, and I took a picture of her back when she was not loaded, there was, it was just her body weight only. And I had her put her knuckles to temples. So her elbows were out to the side, knuckles to temples. And I took a picture of her back and her left side was completely different from her right side. So we can always assume there's a little bit of rotation in people's spines that everybody, everybody, I would say most of us have a small amount of scoliosis and some people have even more, but her left shoulder blade was just out of whack compared to her right. And I was like, why is that? And I had just started working with her and I showed her that. And she goes, you know, I couldn't stop thinking about that. And she says, and then I started thinking about it. She goes, I carry books every day. So she's a professor. She carries it on the same shoulder every single day. And, um, she started putting it on the other shoulder. And in two weeks I took another picture of her knuckles to temples way better. Are you? <laughs> no. So you guys are moms. You're always going to want to hold your kids as long as until they're 10, 11, hopefully as long as they possibly can. They just keep getting heavier and heavier. Just hold them in both sides. Just don't become one side dominant. That's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, I, I want to, I want to get into a couple other things before we run out of time on our 5k here today. So you're also a business owner and I've heard your story. Like you raised a lot of money on passion and gut and who knows what else to uh, buy rally sports. So maybe you can, well, before, before I hear the story, I did a talk with you and you're a fantastic speaker. And if anybody out there is looking for speakers, you got to look up Erin because she can light up a room. She's awesome. Um, but you talked about taking risks, but taking not just plain old risk for the 
sake of taking a risk, but calculated risks. Right. So I was thinking about that as part of your story on, on moving forward with the purchase of Rally Sport and if that played in at all. Yes. The fact that I am most, I love being a business owner. I think my life has really changed in the last two years. Um, there's always going to be problems in life. There's always going to be problems in business. Being the owner operator, I have partners that I, I like to perform for. I think even going back in my story, just having coaches that could yell at me and it made me, made me want to please them. I'm, I'm a pleaser. And so I, I'm, I'm thankful I actually have business partners because I, I think it keeps me a little bit more focused. But my primary passion is, is being a strength coach. And so every single day I'm in the front line of my business. I, I know the front line of customers. I, I listen to them. I work alongside my staff. I think if I didn't do that, it would make me less of an influencer with the success of our business. And so calculated risk, yes. I know that what I do every single day helps the bottom line of my business. And the vision that we've talked about, having a vision, my vision has always been to help as many people as I could. I know that I can only touch so many people. So developing this team of trainers was part of the vision. And they don't all think like me. They, they think like them and, and we make each other better. But I think that that vision and how I play a role in that vision gave me the confidence to take almost everything that I owned and had financially and put it into this business because... The vision is to continue to help people. EC Fit Boulder has been a nice extension outside of that three to five mile radius, but our work is not done in the three to five mile radius. I think that when you look at comparing us to other training facilities, you know, and I don't even call it a health club sometimes, Nicole, my biggest thing is this is a place where we can really focus and people can focus. And it might be a little intimidating because we have so many world-class athletes that have chosen to come here. Um, and, and I use the word choose because they choose us because we treat them well here. We don't treat them well because they win races. We treat them well because they're nice people and we treat their kids well. And, and, and we're glad they're here. And we're glad when people take, take the plunge and become a member with us um, that as much as they will allow us, we want to help them. And some people don't get that at other clubs. You know, every, I take a lot of pride in the fact you walk in our club, not everybody's wearing headphones. They like to talk to each other. They like to share ideas, even if it's just like, where'd you park? You know, or what, there's a deal at Whole Foods. So there's a lot of sharing that goes on within the club that isn't just how fast do you run? It's, it's where'd you buy those shoes? And, you know, lambs on sale. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I it's good. It's, it's, it's just we make friends and, and community. And that's what we do. So. I love it. I mean, it is, you got to keep following your passion your whole life and you're an athlete and that's what started you on this path and you have a successful business, EC Fit. And then you said, oh my gosh, here's an opportunity to have a leadership role in a different way in a health club. And it didn't come with no risk, right? like financially for sure. And, and everything else gets tied up into it. It's amazing. Um, so with that in mind, I, can we talk goals for a minute? Yeah. So we talk vision, and this whole podcast is about bringing visionaries on the show. And you can have a drink of water. You're allowed to. Actually, what is this water we're drinking? I'm sure it's magic. It, it's got some <laughs> kind of like electrolytes and pH numbers on it. Oh, my gosh, I love it. You probably get all kinds of cool stuff being the owner of a fitness center, not just a health club, right. but a community. Um, right, right. 
But how important are goals to you? Do you suggest people do set goals and then write them down, or what do you what do you do with that? Well, yes, I I, I like writing stuff down because a I think people have lost the art of penmanship, and that's fine motor control writing. So I, I tend <laughs> to true. write. I try to write something every day. Um, but I also think flexibility and go with the flow is really important. I, I think that when people um, forego a date night with their their spouse because they're so tired because they've been training so much or, you know, they don't go out with friends because they have to get their five hour ride in. And, you know, I, I think that uh, I think we all need to be flexible. I think we need to have the ability to go with the flow and not be so rigid and, and stuff like that. So I think goals are really important. But even as I sat, I, I sat and talked to my coach today. We had our, our a meeting that we, we do that every few months just to do a, ch- a check in and, you know, I'm really focused. Everything I do every day is about September 4th, the world championships in Australia for so many reasons. I mean, the biggest thing probably is it's because I turned 50 this year, which is a... You a, already turned 50? I did. How'd I miss it? I, I, I left. <laughs> it was, but, 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 but everything I'm doing right now is, is about September 4th. And, and it'll, I've given myself a big window to, to achieve a goal and, and, you know, if I look at my numbers, then then analytically, I, I should be able to come in the top 10 in the world in my age group. But then the reality is when I get there, I may or may not achieve that. And I just have me to answer to, you know, and I just have that I gave everything I could have given on that day. And that's why I choose to race. Siri Lindley is my coach. And she looked at me and she says, but you love racing, Aaron. And I was like, you know what, you know what, Siri, you know what, coach, I really don't love racing. I, I like racing and I love it when they say go, but I don't like all the lead up to the race. It makes me nervous. It makes me want to throw up all the other bodily functions that happen before a race. I don't like racing that much, but when they say go and I just start moving and I, the joy of movement and challenging myself to that understanding of threshold. And so you know, on September 4th, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go as hard as I can in the swim. And there's always a place at the end of the swim where I go, I did the best I could. Let's put that up behind me. Now I'm going to get on the bike and I'm going to ride for a few hours. And somewhere in the bike, in the last half of the bike, I'm going to say, you know what, Aaron, you've done the best you could. And then I'm going to put that bike down. I'm going to put my running shoes on and the exact same thing's going to happen in the run. And I'm going to run down the end and I'm going to be like, you know what, Aaron, you did the best you could. And if I come in the top 10, great. If I come in the top 20, that doesn't matter either because my foundation of my success now isn't beating other people. It's about doing the best I can do. So I want to instill that in other people as well. It doesn't matter. Every There's so many winners in a race. So if you can finish and you can say, I did the best I could, then then I just think that 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 you win. You know, that that's winning. Well, and I think... Uh setting the goal is important because it puts you on the path. Yeah. And, and they have to be kind of scary goals sometimes. Like that's why I race. Okay. <laughs> but everyone listening and me included, and Tim DeBoom was the worst with this. We hate the lead up. No one oh, loves it. That's Nobody so good to sits hear. around going, Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to feel like I'm going to puke and like be in the bathroom every 10 minutes right. and can't eat and wonder why I ever put myself through this. Like, is there any magic here? Can we take a magic pill? Can we just fast forward? I, those I think that that emotion, days? all the emotions are good though. You know, it's, I know that that's going to happen. I know I'm going to be uncomfortable, but this morning I had to get out of bed and go get in the pool. Because 
that thing is going to happen. That am I ready? And I want to be as ready as I can. So having those big, scary goals for me, um, make me, make me go, go do things. You know, it's like it snowed yesterday. There's people who have races on their schedules and events that they, they're, they're intimidated. And, and I think that that's the joy in it. That's the, that's the achievement. All right. True to form. We're over a 5k, but I'm going to do a couple more questions. Okay. This is cool. So, okay. We're all busy. What if people say really want to get on the EC fit program, but I, my goal would maybe be to implement one thing right now. Like what is one thing I could change in my workout routine that would just make me better? Oh gosh. You know, I, I will always come back to my area of non expertise. I always say that uh, nutrition is, is the number one thing in, in performance and in life and, and cells need to be happy and tissue needs to be happy. And that really starts with how we fuel our bodies and how we eat and how we drink. And, uh, you know, my biggest goal with my athletes and my limiting factor with my athletes is that I will motivate you to make great choices. But if we don't know what those choices are, then we need to seek out an expert and we need to have somebody help us. And, and there's, there's all different kinds of registered dietitians. You know, there's very medically based and then there's some that are just really emotional and then there's some that are in between. And um, so if people can make one change that I would really encourage them to look deeper into uh, their, their food choices and how they, how they eat um, because that can affect your stress levels. It can affect your rest levels, the, your ability to sleep well, um, your, your happiness levels. You know, we can be eating things that actually cause depression. And, and so, so I do, I think, I think food is, is number one, Nicole, and it's got a lot to do with performance. Um, but just making some really good changes. And it might be that one thing, like finish that bottle of water three times today. Hydration's probably number one. Yeah, so. that's a really good point. And what's interesting is it ha it's all related, right? It's kind of the precursor to number one, which is tissue Absolutely. care. Absolutely. Um, and it's so personal to people and they get so defensive. What, you're asking me to change how I eat, but I love my cheese or whatever it cheese is. Cheese is not actually bad. It's just a lot of cheese is right? bad because <laughs> I love cheese. Well, and there are some things that we could probably all agree are universally bad. But the yeah. point is that there are certain things that are good for one person and don't work for another. Exactly. Okay, so... Do we have to then have a nutritionist, um, a coach, a trainer, um, an agent, a, uh, <laughs> you know, like what, an acupuncturist, a chiropractor, what is the care bubble for, uh, you an, know, uh, an athlete? This is horrible, but I'm, I just was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's you know, so cheap. It's so, right. You, you have to, I, I, I can use my mom as probably the best example. And my mom is turning 80 this year. And my biggest thing with my mom is she needs to focus on nutrition because she's old. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't focus on nutrition because I'm, I'm kind of old too, actually. But number one for my mom is nutrition. And number two is tissue care. And, and I make sure that my mom, I would ideally like to see my mom get a massage every week. Oh, I forgot about massage. But she, that's the tissue, you know, so she, she gets a massage every other week, but there's so many aspects to the massage. And I think if people don't, there's, don't have enough money to do things, then you need to prioritize what you do do. And, and there's self massage, there's the foam roller and there's the stick and there's things that you can do there. But, you know, I would say yes, yes. And then yes, but not everybody has that budget. So the internet is amazing. 
um, you can get good advice, bad advice. You can email us at ecfitboulder and we will help you decipher what's good and what's bad. If you like the way we think, then that's going to be the advice that, that you should follow. If you like the way someone else thinks, then see if you can connect with them. There's experts all over the place, but find the person that you admire. I, I think, Nicole, you've become a, an amazing influencer and you have a, a great capacity for work. And, and I think reaching out to, to have somebody kind of just who's willing to spend the time talking. Like, I don't have hours to spend with people, but I always have time to answer an email really quick. And um, so, so I think you got to be careful of gurus who say that they are the best and they know everything. Those people run fast. They, nobody knows everything. And, and um, I, I think having that kind of a, someone to bounce things off of is a good idea. And yeah, and creating a budget, especially as you go through your life. And we all have different budgets and we need to make the best choice for us. And sometimes you, you registered dietitian, typically you're not going to have to meet much off uh, more than once. And um, I use an app uh, for, for tracking my food every six or seven weeks. I'll take a three day period and I'll track my track my food and it's free. It's a free app. It's the, the Under Armour one called uh, My Fitness Pal. And it's super easy. I can put my exercise in there if I want. And uh, so it's interactive and all it does is it's, it's good. There's so much good information out there now. There is. And you made a really good point, which is everyone claims to be an expert. Mm. But if you you need to look at the people and figure out if they are their philosophy is aligned with your life philosophy philosophy exactly and if if you have alignment then you're going to trust their feedback and, and stick with them you know i've seen people change coaches every year for some reason this stuff takes a commitment it takes years to change and you know tim DeBoom is probably one of my not tim DeBoom. i love tim but tim o'donnell is is really doing amazing work he's in his uh third season i love being, tim too I, I know right the tims in general <laughs> tim. i just like tims um, but, but Tim O'Donnell has been coached by Mark Allen for, this is going into his third year and it's taken this long. I mean, Tim's done well, but he's really coming into his own and this is his third year, almost four now, maybe I even, I might even be off by a year, but, and, and Tim has been with me for that same amount of time. And, you know, he's, he's committed to the things that he believes in. He's seen it in his performance, but he, he didn't say, cause I didn't win Kona the first year. I need a new coach. And because, you know, this didn't happen for me, this is, this is lifelong stuff. So it's worth taking the time, I guess is my point to choose somebody that you do align with or a group that you align with. Um, yeah. I, I, I love the community that you you're creating even Nicole. I mean, this is, this is real. Oh, they people, love you. They you love know? you too. Real and people. It's true. I mean, this is, Hey, we're all real in the end. <laughs> right. So I am so proud of where you've gotten yourself to, you know, your passion for sport, you you're one of the best age group triathletes in the world. It's amazing. You just turned 50. You, <laughs> by the way, I'm sitting across from Aaron right now. This is our first in-person <laughs> interview. We both have microphones shoved up to our mouths and we're trying to, trying to talk and not laugh and drink our waters and all that good stuff. But, um, so she does not look 50. Let me just tell you, Aaron is a fountain of youth and yeah. it, it comes out in every pore. It's amazing. Yeah. So, good genetics. <laughs> All right. I love that. Yeah. Hey, I just got one of those 23andMe Gina things. Oh my God. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah. I okay, can't cool. wait. I'm really, I'm a curious person. I like information. So we'll see what happens. That's pretty controversial stuff. Actually. Yeah, it is. So uh, we'll leave everyone. So the, the name of this podcast is Run This World. 
And the idea is that I've got wonderful visionaries like you. You are absolutely a visionary in this world who, after people listen to what you have to say, they can run out and run their world in a bigger and better way than they did before. And so I like to put you on the spot now. And if there was one nugget of advice that you could give people that would help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would that be? One nugget. Uh, I think the most important nugget that I could pass on, and there's so many technical things we could go in and they'd be boring as all heck, but I think is um, is really figuring out how to how to love yourself and and really what do you like about yourself and and really embracing that because the more that you can make yourself the person that you want to be, um, the more you can help other people be great too. And, and I think people are, tend to be kind of hard on themselves. And so I think sitting with yourself and, and, you know, just, just being proud of yourself, you know, it's nice when other people are proud of you, which is really cool. But, um, I think when it all comes down to it at the end of the day, we close our eyes in our bed and we take a deep breath before we go to sleep and have I done well today? And, and do I like what I did? And, and so I, I think that, uh, I think that loving yourself and, and, and being on a path with that is that never is finite it is really really probably my nugget hey I can get behind that <laughs> well with that I'm gonna have to say I loved hanging <laughs> out with you today thanks Nicole I'm psyched to be here um we're gonna have to change the podcast to be a five miler because uh obviously we have way too much to talk about each week so thanks for being on the show Aaron thanks Nicole cheers all right wasn't that an amazing chat with Aaron Carson um Erin has such an open, nurturing view of the world. I just love hanging out with her. You could just literally feel the positive energy coming off of her. Um, she, and, and you can tell she just truly wants people to enjoy long, happy, healthy lives. So if you're interested in getting on the EC Fit train, be sure to take her up on a 20% discount for her programs. Um, go to the show notes on NicoleDeBoom.com to get the code and get your body into a really great place. I hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you did, please share it with a friend. Go on NicoleDeBoom.com and comment and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. I want to hear your thoughts and feedback and any suggestions you have for future guests. All right, ladies and men, you know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout. I'll see you next week.